So as we hurtle towards the middle of the 21st century, small businesses are becoming more and more environmentally conscious and good habits are beginning to emerge, whether it be reducing our carbon footprint, investigating our supply chain, going paper-free. There are many strategies we can implement to reduce our impact, not only as individuals but as small business consumers. Have you considered food waste and the relationship your small business has with this aspect? How do you and your staff consume it? source it, and ultimately dispose of it. Have you thought about this yet? Well, considering food security is emerging as a major global issue, you might want to rethink that. There are programs in place that you can access to reduce your small business footprint. And here to share with us the mindset to rethink your small business relationship to waste is great practical strategies, plus a little bit about the reality of the startup world, is Donnie Chen, the founder of Why Waste. Welcome to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. Whether you're listening live on the community radio network or via podcast, here's the show where you learn from experts, be inspired by journeys and discover more about making your small business a success. I'm Alexi Boyd, broadcaster, advocate and small business owner. Let's meet today's guests. Welcome to the program, Donnie. Thank you. Thank you, Lexi. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you live in the studio. Very exciting to have actual bodies in the studio, as always. Other than Zoom calls. Yeah, exactly how we've all been existing. Um, So let's talk about food waste and food security in general. Why is this something that we need to be conscious of as small business owners? Well, um, yeah, I don't know if you know that. One third of all the food produced in the world um, goes in the bin. And 60% of it is pretty much unsold food. So the major contributor, as we all know, as we might have heard, is uh, obviously household food waste, which we can curb our behaviour. But a lot of it is like bakeries, sushi shops, even restaurants who are cooking in the morning, but because at the end of the day it's unsold, it has to go in the bin. So, you know, I think a lot of it is also our relationship to food. We see it, you know, now so much as a commodity rather than a resource. Yet at the same time, you know, um, one in seven people in this world are going hungry uh, which is def- defined by suffering from food insecurity, and um, that's 821 million people. And the latest Food Bank uh, Hunger Report, which came out a couple of weeks ago, shows that three in ten Australians have suffered from food insecurity. Three in ten? Yes. In our a, own country? And a lot of these people are people who've never, because of the impact of coronavirus, people who've never had to help for, uh, ask for help, they don't know how to, how to ask for help, probably too ashamed to ask for help. Mm. But at the same time, you know, if you do the numbers, we make enough food. So why is this being thrown away? And a lot of it is a short-term food what we have in, uh, you know, businesses. Like businesses always produce a little bit of food and logistically it's physically impossible for charities to pick it up. Actually, people don't know, only despite all the great uh, work that Oz Harvest and Food Bank are doing, only 8 to 12% of food ever offered for donation is picked up because, you know, you, you think about it, you need to, there's food, like a sushi, which needs to go in a half an hour. Mm. You need to get the transport to be there, mm. pick it up. Usually it's late at night, so there's lack of volunteers, parking, and then after you pick it up, you get it to a warehouse and you quickly need to disperse it because of the short-term shelf life of the food to someone need. So this is what we call the first world's dumbest problem. Is it is it an issue of logistics, though? Is it a problem with the disconnect of the, the food that's being wasted just as a result of functionality and just the way that we operate and, and people not getting it who need it? Or is it the food being produced by wastage in the first place? Where do you think the major problem is? I, I, I think for businesses, it's also the perception, especially with larger businesses, that the fact that you can't have empty shelves 
at any time in the retail outlet. You know, the shelves need to be f- to be full. Right. And uh, you know, also, consumers want choice. Yeah. And because you have this choice and you have this diversity of choice, therefore, there's a need to create a lot of products. From a manufacturing and production food point of view, especially for the large chains, which are a lot of food is centrally made, they need they basically cook in one one go. So it, you know, it doesn't make sense for them to be cooking at once and then baking at 4 p.m. for whatever demand comes in. Yeah. And even though a lot of data these days, a lot of systems, you can pretty much find out what it is. What we've seen during COVID is that. You know, there's no more busy Fridays and quiet Mondays. Sometimes, you know, you have very, very busy Mondays and on Saturday night because, you know, the whole area is dead. So businesses don't know what to do. And therefore, um, I mean, what we do is we provide a technology for them to, you know, uh, if it's a slow day, um, be able to notify locals um, who are in need or people who are hungry or commercial customers like you and me who don't mind what they're getting and bring their own container to produce, to reduce plastic waste. So, you go to the retail shop and you, you know, you're reducing plastic waste, you're reducing food waste, but you're saving 50%, 80% of a retail price. And the business owner is generally very happy to get rid of it because there's a high, there's a cost of disposing the food, but also through technology, you can track the environmental, economical, as well as if you're donating the social impact of this. And I think now people have a deep appreciation for small businesses. So if they know that businesses are donating but not just donating as as per se but there's a technology to track um how many meals nourished of how many individuals nourished because the way our donation platform it's one meal per individual per day mm-hmm. so no one can hoard six boxes mm-hmm. so a single mother has three kids she can only pick up four portions a day mm-hmm. that way we know that the distribution is fair but it's accurately tracked as well so i think also where we are in society, we're in a very unique time because a lot of us have suffered, um, whether it's our business or on a personal life. I think we have a deeper appreciation of food um, as per se. Like when you're hungry, you're not really so fussed about what choice you have. Yeah, this is true. And, and it's an interesting point that you made earlier about choice because on the one hand, we can blame the major supermarkets and retailers for always having the, sh- the shelves stocked. But I think that there's been an opportunity in the last few weeks of us realising as consumers that there's a demand that we're creating because of that choice, that we're expecting everything to be laid out in front of us on a silver platter and sometimes the choices are not there and maybe we've been taught as a society that that's okay because, hey, you can still get a version of white rice, it's just not the brand you're used to. So do you think that there's some learnings there or do you think in your experience working with retailers that it's just going to flip back to where it was before? I recall an interview I did. Um, it was online in Perth. Uh, it was today, tonight. There was a, a pie shop, Cully's, and I remember the owner said, because they've, they've had the shop for four generations, like wow. 100 years, and they were saying back when we were, my grandparents ran the shop, there was never any food waste because whatever food, whatever you come at the end of the day, you just accept that there's two meat pies or whatever there is. Right. And, and you, they did that without tech. And they, and they did it without tech. Yeah. They just, they just, it was very logical to think, this is what this is. I came at three p.m. Mm. and this is what's left, and I don't feel the need to demand anything else. But now I think because consumers want, we have all different dietary choices. You know, the business itself has to evolve to mm. cater for those different dietary choices. And if they don't, it means the potentially losing our business. And gradually, 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 um, we are where we are today. It didn't happen overnight. 
but I think it's also the way that a food is mass a lot of them is mass produced at a central location mm-hmm. so it means that there isn't that traditional small kitchens even though during covid you see a reversion of people sort of cooking their own homes mm. and as a result it's sometimes from a business point of view it's cheaper to hire the cooks for two or three hours cook in mass instead of having someone in the shop be able to top it up so wastage is actually more easier but fundamentally it comes from consumer choice um you know if you are willing to go to the business at the end of the day and accept that hey this is not the sourdough I want I always get but you you open your palate and you try I want to try some flaxseed croissant or <laughs> um chocolate croissant you know like um you get some amazing learnings and this is true but then of course we've got the added dif- difficulty of of like you mentioned consumer choice and this expectation that small business has to cater for every dietary requirement and it is crazy the sort of dietary requirements that are out there now so it is it's difficult isn't it because you're trying to balance up public perception, consumer demand, plus trying to be... And, you know, things are so lean in hospitality Mm. and food production anyway that it's quite difficult to find that balance. So let's talk about um, what some of the solutions are to this. So obviously you've got Why Waste, which is an awesome app where you you. can send out um, products locally to people who need it. People can, I assume produce, set up their own account for what they require. And, and what's nice about that is they're not having to front up, you know, they're not asking for, they're not asking for a handout. It's kind of all done digitally. So maybe there's, it takes away some of that stigma. Yeah. Well, the commercial platform means that anyone like you or me can download the app, go to a bakery or go to a sushi shop, mm-hmm. or even more exotically, go to a Moroccan uh, vegetarian restaurant, which is one of the biggest discoveries after doing Why Waste for three years. I found out the most underrated food is Moroccan food because <laughs> when you look at it if, from a um, systemic point of view, it's got grains, it's got vegetables, it's got rice. It should, it should suit the Western palate, the Asian palate, mm-hmm. the, the Middle Eastern palate. But we all think Italian food because Italian food does all that. Yeah. But, um, you know, so like even for me, uh, I didn't really try Moroccan food much, but because of Y Waste, there's a place in Melbourne, shout out to Moroccan Super, that every time I go there, I go, I, I've been there twice. And also, I was so inspired, I bought a tangine to start making it at home. <laughs> and, and, you know, you don't see that. Like, it's not a very logical process for a second-generation Taiwanese Australian mm-hmm. to start uh, cooking a tangine at home. Yeah. And I think that's what, um, when you give up choice, you, you gain yourself a lot of power, but you also open your mind up to a lot of, a lot of stuff as well. So well, I guess from the commercial platform, it suits that type of consumer who's not fussing what they get. Yeah. Who's a little who's a little bit uh, open. And flexible. Yeah. We've also been able to categorize a lot of the vegan and vegetarian and kosher or handmade. So there's different stuff. There's even uh, now fruit boxes and vegetables coming out where they go straight to the farmer and yeah. they pick up um, all the algae fruit that would have gone in the bin. Yeah. And we're making a like a mystery box where they deliver for like $40, $50. But you know this is food that would have gone to landfill. Right. Or we have pasta that... Um, like a pasta maker that, you know, vegetarian, vegan pasta maker that he used to provide for the restaurants, but the demand curve. So what he's doing is he's doing, you know, like, for example, premium restaurant pasta in a, in a bag. You don't know what you get after production. And then he's uh, delivering to your home. So I think when you look at food waste, you've got to look at different creative ways to curve, you know, products that the consumer wants will find interesting mm-hmm. but also reduce food waste as well yeah and the donation platform because it's all done digitally you don't have people so to say waiting outside the soup kitchen 
you know, waiting for the next meal because they, the, the person on the donation platform goes to a food bank, gets a code which allows her, him or her to pick up four meals, one for each of her kids. And then both consumers, the commercial and donation platform, whether they're a uni student or a single mum who's struggling, they both have choice, both have dignity, and both the businesses benefit um, to both consumers from a commercial and donation point is tracked digitally, and both are resolving the first world's dumbest problem, which is reducing food waste. Look, there's a lot to unpack there and uh, we're going to take a quick break here on Triple H when we come back after the community service announcement. So we're going to talk a little bit more to Donnie Chen from Why Waste about what we can do as businesses in our processes and procedures to reduce the amount of waste that we produce in terms of food. You're listening to Triple H. We'll be back after this. This episode of Small Biz Matters is proudly sponsored by the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office. Led by Kate Carnell since its establishment only four years ago, Aspifio has provided education, advocacy and support, including free assistance if a small business is involved in a dispute. The office also provides assistance for disputes that fall under the franchising, dairy, horticultural and oil industry codes. Kate Carnell, as an independent advocate for small business owners, has the legislative power to influence our nation's lawmakers, ensuring legislation and regulations are put in place to help small businesses grow and in these times, survive. Small businesses are the engine room of the economy and it's Aspifio's role to do all they can to ensure they have the freedom to innovate, employ and thrive well into the future. So if you've just joined us, we're talking to Johnny Chen from Why Waste. And just before the break, we've been speaking a little bit about the importance of understanding your relationship with food, not only as a business, but also a business consumer. Now, let's focus in on that business consumer aspect, Donnie. I want to find out some really practical things at different levels that people can do to reduce the amount of waste they produce and then what to do at the end of it. So have you got some good examples of what people can do, particularly around you know, metropolitan Sydney, for example. Yeah, well, I mean, food waste at home is still the biggest um, contributor to food waste. So little things like, I know there's a lot of approaches. People say do a diary, whatever. I'm a bit more different. I, I, I really just don't have food waste. And I'm not saying this like I'm a amazing person, but I, I, I just, when I put stuff together, if I have, like, for example, I, I get a vegetable box set of ingredients that stuff like fennel, I never tried. I go... <laughs> And okay, gonna yeah, try it. And I go, we'll try it. We'll try it. Um, and like I said, I, I don't want to be seem like I'm I'm being, uh, you know, endorsing Moroccan super. But the tangine really works. You put everything in, and then you don't really have to do much. And it's, you know, it, it softens up and it tastes pretty much pretty good anyway. So I think stuff like slow cooking, yeah. baking for fruit and for vegetables and stuff like that, grains and beans, you know, it's all going to take a different form anyway. Mm. And you spice it up. And then you open yourself up. When it comes to meats and stuff like that, I think just think about how much. Don't buy whatever because it's on special. Yeah. Buy buy what you need. Like um, I'm very, I'm very mindful I, when I go in. If I want the times I do shop, um, off off the app, like I go to a major supermarket. I'm really trying to find out what would have gone to waste. Maybe, maybe whether that's this out. But I also tell myself I don't need to hoard either because. Um, you know, well, I'm going to be walking around a supermarket next few days, so I just get what I need. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I tell myself uh, the exercise is good anyway, walking and, and carrying the, the groceries. Yeah. And also just meal planning, because what happens is, as you know, when you buy a lot of specials and you put it in the fridge, you forget about it. That's yeah. what contributes to, to food waste. So having a having a I guess an active mind on what what's there, 
And just when you have that fennel in the box or that whatever someone's giving you, attack the fennel with some sort of a zest rather than saying, I'll avoid it and hopefully someone will, will put it there. And sometimes you might surprise yourself. Or mm. um, what I see now, especially not just here, but in a lot of uh, Facebook, a lot of social media groups, there's online virtual pantries and there's physical pantries. Mm. Um, I find that the physical pantries, is, it's a great idea. It's, it's, very, it's, help, it's helping those in need but you don't know who's actually going to use it. Whereas a virtual pantry, kind of like how technology links those who have excess food to those who want excess food, so the demand is there. Mm. And therefore, you know, people... And also that, that conversation, kind of like when people were using Huawei, like, I can't say that every merch business we work with when we started using the app were the most environmentally conscious. Mm. But when, people st- when the, your consumers are bringing plastic containers to reduce the plastic... It, at some stage, for some of the merchants, it's going to click to them that even if they don't agree with reducing food waste because they would be so dis- desensitized throwing out the food, that this is kind of what consumers want. Yeah, so you, you, ha- you, you have, have that, to create that you demand. Have, you have that sort of circular economy. And even I say that some of the consumers who use wire waste were just using it for the price discount because sometimes the merchants will, at the end of the day, send a push on the notification. Are you talking about $2 chicken dinners or $1 sandwiches? They might have just been attracted for the price. But someone who is willing to buy a lot in hoard in that case, you know, they because they paid for it immediately, they'll give it to the friends because it's everything's got to be immediate. When you plan too long for the long term, you don't know, you know, we don't know whether we're going out, whether we, we go out for dinner. I think look at everything short term mm. in terms of food consumption. And you look at where society used to be before the major supermarkets came in. And I'm not, this is not an attack against supermarkets. Is that people used to shop daily. Yes. People used to shop like every two or three days. The and fra- then the food would be the freshest, freshest possible. But hang on a sec, that doesn't always work because often the food that we buy, particularly in the major supermarkets, is not quite ready for consumption. I find that quite frustrating that they'll put out food, pears, for example, that's a good example, um, mangoes, um, green bananas. They'll put things out that aren't quite ready. So you do have to try and create a bit of a balance between when you use stuff. But that's not always the case. And obviously we've got mm. that on-demand ability all the time. So let's use that to our advantage and actually shorten the life cycle. Are you so- talking about sh- shortening the life cycle of food that you consume so that it, it's constantly fresh? And, and also, like for example, if you have bananas that are ripe, make a banana cake. Yes. Put them in the freezer. Put it in the freezer. Oh, like, can I tell everyone? My, this is my favourite thing that I love to tell people. So all herbs can be frozen. So what I do is I've got a little basket in my freezer and then I use Ziploc bags and I use them over and over and over and over and over again because I've only got herbs in them and they keep free, keep them frozen. And I do parsley, I do tarragon, I do um, rosemary. You probably don't need to freeze rosemary. Uh, I do thyme, lemon thyme, coriander, basil. All of these things will freeze. You buy a big massive bunch and then you wash it all and you blend it all down and you put them in these Ziploc bags and then you've got all these herbs on demand. And you never end up buying, a, you know, a, a piece of a coriander that's been wrapped in three layers of plastic mm. and gift-wrapped from a major supermarket and then you only use half of it anyway for the meal and the rest of it goes in the bin. So that's my top tip for everyone when it comes to herbs. Or you can grow your own as well, but I'm, I'm not a very good green thumb, so that's yeah. what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, we, um, no, we've been growing And chilies. Chilis, you can do it with chilies. Yeah, you can buy a huge batch of chilies. And then blend them all up and, and stick them in a Ziploc bag. And then put it all. You can just leave it in a jar and keep it dry once yes. you dry it out. That's yeah. one thing that we do. Another one that I uh, hack that people uh, try is grapes. You can put it in a Ziploc bag and it tastes better than any ice block. And plus, you know, it doesn't have any artificial flavours. Mm. 
Yeah, good um, for the kids. Good for the kids. Yeah. Um, and was, yeah, like I think it's also just changing, changing your perception. Like, oh, I don't need it. It needs to go in the bin. Yeah. Can or can it be redistributed to someone through something? Or could it be uh, even catering events? Like we've had a lot of people post on our social media when they give away food. You know, we we let that happen because I think it's even though it's like a do- do- donation platform. Obviously, uh, Y Waste we have the business model, which is a commercial platform. Mm. But if everyone is thinking about zero waste mm. and moving ahead as a society, Y Waste is going to grow anyway. I think so, corporates have got a lot to speak for when it comes to over-catering for events and there's been some horrendous situations where people have completely over-catered at events, at least events Especially industries. sustainability events. I, I notice that in sustainability <laughs> events there's always a lot of catering and there's always no. a, there's a, there's a food truck like you're just pumping out massive uh, amounts of sandwiches and salads and you're kind of like, well, people were full and you're still making the salads and sandwiches. Yeah. And I, I get that because people have paid a premium for the ticket, all that sort of stuff, but at the same time, and then you need to have a backup of give it away. So mm. and I guess a lot of corporates, and they want, if they want CSR, they want stats. So our app is able to do that and facilitate that. And then rather putting it to a – I mean, the thing with short-term food is the whole idea of logistics is that the, the event finishes at 5 p.m. You need to call a food bank or to pick it up. By the time it then gets to someone, it's, it, the chances of it making out to someone's belly – is basically very, very slim yeah. as at 8pm. So you're reducing those turnaround times, really? The well, it's media. The, the business will be able to post. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so pe- can anyone use the app? So, so I want to give an example. So I've, I've got an event. I'm catering for it. Um, I originally expected 50 people. Only 20 people turned up. I'm very distressed. I'm speaking from my own personal point of view because there's all this food. Yeah. I get to 5pm. What can I do? So right now there's a lot of other more Facebook groups that are more local that do it, mm-hmm. uh, like Virtual North Shore Pantry and there's also a few in Melbourne that I've seen. I mean, I get obviously I get invited to a lot of these and I see them working quite well. And how do people search for those in Facebook? Just, um, Just like, like food, food pantry? Food, yeah, food, virtual pantries, food pantries, um, you know, a lot of those uh, zero waste groups that are, that are there where people are giving out free stuff. There's a lot on the North Shore. Yes, um, okay. I think when it comes to food, like why waste as a platform – um, we can facilitate it on social media if it's done by business and then we can do it through the... We know that the restaurant's been prepared in a proper way, mm. you know, then we can facilitate it. Mm. Um, so what you're saying is if it's been done properly, mm-hmm. then you're a... And you, you have a recognised business that yep. meets all the food standards, so, so, yeah. then you can help with why waste, it's, it's, but it's, otherwise it's... It's, it's a donation, a, yeah. yeah. And also at the same time, like, you know, if you look at even the, the, the home chefs that we're working with, they're making out of commercial kitchens. It's because... During COVID, obviously, uh, a lot of things have popped up. But at the same time, we want to maintain a professional standard. Because in order for the circuit economy to grow, we need to make sure that everything we do is in line with what regulations are. Yeah, it has to be reliable. You have to know that the the food that you're giving away is not doing damage as well. And and that's what I was going to ask you next, actually, is is just to be devil's advocate. um, People say, oh, I'm not going to bother making the call or letting people know because it's... It's been out there for too long, so it's not worth it. But really, you don't know that. You, you're not necessarily an expert in food food, uh, food waste or even food sustainability. So is it always worth making the call from a practical point of view? I, I, I think it's a lot of it is putting it online in these groups and seeing what happens. Yeah. I, I think at the same time, everyone's definition of what's edible can be different. Mm. Um, Out-of-date stuff, I, I think best. You know, we all know about the best, you know, best before and used by. I think best before... Uh, you know, food, there's some circumstances, you know, it's got to be, it can be consumed. 
when it comes to stuff like you know, dairy and seafood, I'm very, very strict because I know the dangers of, of that. So I, I think at the end of the day is getting that food out quickly and ensuring that, you know, we're not... Um, and in consumers, every consumer is different. Some people just won't eat takeaway the next day. Hmm. You know, I, I, I go to some really good chicken shops in the west i drive from the north shore i fill up my container and that feeds me for free, you know up to a week yeah so a lot of it's how you store it as well so you freeze some you freeze some okay and then okay i'll go and pick up my wire waste there's chicken the salad there's rice okay the rice and potatoes can stay a bit longer mm-hmm. so what should i consume first the salad mm. and then not saying hey i want the chicken potato so thinking about how you can your consumer your consumption choices can make this food last as well and when it comes to bread it's also the same thing when i get a bit mystery pastry bag for ten dollars of bread for thirty dollars and why waste I, I go myself what is going to go off first well obviously the croissants the muffins what can't be frozen, the frozen. and then you know i'll give some to my parents i'll give some to my neighbors you know they they experience good food yeah and at the end of the day and you build a conversation with food because i think food is a is a platform to have a lot of discussions on and um, if anything, you know, I think using white waste, you expose yourself to different flavors and tastes and you become a better person because when you eat at someone's table, you see the same, ex- you know, we're having the same experience as each other and doesn't matter how different we are, we connect as people. And if we can connect over the two things that makes us human, which is enjoying good food and reducing food waste, which is, I believe, a natural human reaction, which just we have we've been desensitized to it, mm. then, you know, we have a special bond that I think um, is very hard to ignore. So that that consumer perception, because you're enjoying good food, commercially some of the customers are getting a huge discount, You've, you build goodwill to the business and you're enjoying something that you probably wouldn't have tried, but you're enjoying it and you go, I'll try it again. And sometimes if it's not this type of food isn't for you, it's too spicy, whatever, at least you're still having an experience. Yeah. And, and I think that's what makes... Um, us open just seeing food as a resource yeah not as a product yeah well that's a a really good way to end the the conversation today i really appreciate you sharing with us all of your insights into that circular economy seeing food as a resource as you said and ways that we can reduce waste and reduce our food waste footprint as businesses where can people find out more about why waste donnie so you can go to our website ywastapp.com or search for ywaste on the google and android store and you can anyone can download and start shopping and reducing food today um, our socials, same as Why Waste AU, look us up. Um, on next Wednesday, next Tuesday, we're actually presenting at, uh, with Social Impact Hub for impact investors. Um, so if you Google that, um, that event will come up. So we're looking at how we can scale impact all around Australia as well so that, you know, um, you know there needs to be no more waste and no more hunger. Fantastic. Look, thank you so much for sharing all of your thoughts with us, Donnie. Remember, you can catch up via iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to small business podcasts, there are over 180 podcasts just like this one on how to make your business better, how to grow your business and how to just be a better small business person. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us, Donnie. Remember, guys, we'll see you all next week at another great guest. Thanks for joining us on Triple H 100.1 FM. This week's episode was proudly broadcast from Triple H Studios in Sydney, Australia and sponsored by the Office of the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman. If you've enjoyed listening, go ahead and give us some thank you stars on your podcasting platform. It would be much appreciated. Then head to the Small Biz Matters website where you can listen to over 170 episodes, read more about our speakers and find out how to become a media partner. See you all next time.